Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Money Matters with your host, Gary Goldberg. For over four decades, Gary has been helping people navigate their retirement portfolios. That was nine presidents ago, and the Dow was at 800. Through the ups and downs of the markets, our country, and our daily lives, Gary has seen it all and provides real money management for real people. Because after all, money matters. Now, here's Gary Goldberg. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. Welcome to the program. We are near the end of the earnings season, and a lot of investors pay attention to the earnings season. They hear about it, they read about it, but what is the earnings season? I want to at least let you know, from my experience, the impact of the earnings season, what it's all about, and one of the benefits of listening to Money Matters, it's not just tipping you on stocks, it's educating you. And I do my very best to educate my audience. And I've been doing this program for about 35 or 36 years. I've lost count. Part of the legacy of Money Matters is it is educational. Let me start out by telling you that the earnings season basically refers to the months of the year where most companies issue their quarterly corporate earnings. They're released to the public. And earnings season occurs in the month immediately after the end of each fiscal quarter. Now, that is not written in stone. But what it means is that typically earnings seasons will fall in January, April, July, and October. I am doing today's program on a Wednesday in November, not October, November. And one of the most watched earnings reports today will be NVIDIA. A lot of investors, analysts will be listening to what NVIDIA is going to be reporting. So it's not written in stone that it ends on exactly the month after the fiscal quarter. But the important thing to know is that earnings season usually lasts about six weeks. It's an important time for you as an investor because you're relying on the analyst review of what the company is saying, what their earnings and the assessment of the value of these earnings are. What's the value of their stock based upon what their earnings are telling the investment community? I've been in this industry for four decades, and one of the traditions is Alcoa, the aluminum producer, is the first company to report their earnings. It's one of the first major companies, I should say, that reports their earnings. They do it at the end of every quarter. So there's really no official end to the earnings season, but it is over when most of the major public companies have released their quarterly earnings. I pay a lot of attention to it. I don't get misguided by it. A lot of investors get spooked, they sell, they buy as kind of a Pavlovian reaction to what a company says. It's the busiest time of the year for those who, like myself, work 
in the securities industry. We watch the markets and every large publicly company reports the results of their last quarter and analysts and money managers set their guidelines for the future based upon the estimates because they want them to correspond to what the companies are saying during the earnings season. It's a big deal if you're an analyst. As an investor, I don't think it's such a big deal unless there's something major. And I don't want you to react to anything that you really don't understand. A lot of the approaches that are used by analysts are based upon the fact they went to business school, they got their MBAs, their PhDs, and they do their best to live up to their job. They get paid to react. Don't you get caught up in this. Use it as informational. See whether it is a trend. Determine maybe after things settle down, whether you should buy more stock, sell, hold the stock that you own. But uh, during the earnings season, if you are not a real trader, and you shouldn't be, if you're listening to Money Matters, you shouldn't be a trader. You should be an investor. The follow-up is very important to just the number. So a lot of these companies will set up something called an earnings call. That's where people dial in. You can listen to the executive. You can watch it on television where they describe the company's results for that quarter. Some companies really don't care that much about the quarterly earnings. Amazon is a typical example. Jeff Bezos basically said, I don't care. I'm looking at not for the trader. I'm looking for the person who's going to own the stock for a long period of time, not for a month. I am that kind of an advisor. I want you to know that. I don't look for short-term moves. Earnings calls, by the way, really do discuss the financial performance of a company, any management changes, which could be important. And what I particularly listen to are the industry changes. Is anything going on in the industry that I should really know about? Now, of course, during this period of time, the market is going to be more volatile. It boils down to how expectations match up with reality. So remember, mutual funds will trade. They make money by trading. You just know that when you get your 1099 at the end of the year and you see all the trades that were made that generated taxable income or tax losses, you yourself should not be a trader unless you are as adept a dancer as uh, Fred Astaire and you're not. So if a company's results beat or miss some of these analysts' expectations and if the commentary is concerning to you, talk to your advisor. You're certainly welcome to give me a call and I'll give you my input because I do pay attention. The stock may experience, as I was saying, some wild price swings when Wall Street analysts and the stock market players update their recommendations and their holdings. You may see some fluctuations in your portfolio during the earnings season. You may get, as I said, a bit spooked. There is a ripple effect when one company's results may have some impact on the sector and the broader market. That is somewhat important. If a company is an anomaly and they report something just intrinsic into their own company, I don't really care. But if you are hearing stuff about what's going on in a particular industry, you or your advisor perhaps should explore the depth of the statement. If you own a stock, 
An earnings report may be a good way for you to stay up to date as a shareholder. The information can be a factor in deciding whether to buy more shares or sell some. About a week or two ago, I talked about the three-day rule, might have been three weeks ago, where typically if a stock gets clobbered, uh, professional investors will usually wait three days to let it settle down, buy more. If uh, Disney, for example, had a terrible earnings report, well, after a three-day period, a lot of investors started to take a look at it again and started to nibble at it because it did get hurt pretty hard. The earnings season offers clues about what's going to happen, the future trajectory of the broader stock market. If there are some external factors that uh, relate to a shortage of the availability of goods and equipment, yes, that's important. And we're hearing about all of the blockages in the ports. What does that tell me? It tells me there's still demand. There's just no supply. Will this Christmas holiday season be affected? Yes. What companies are geared up for providing you as the consumer enough goods to put under the tree? Well, I'm going to talk about that in a short while because there are some companies that are well-oriented towards meeting the demand. So to sum it up, the earnings season offers you some transparency. Everyone from professional money managers to day traders to long-term investors get access to the same financial information at the same time. The earnings season, as a warning, once again, can be volatile. And I suggest you avoid making any long-term investment decisions based upon this short-term information. My number, 845-368-0010. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. Prefer staying at home? Let us do the shopping. Wegmans Delivery, powered by Instacart, lets you stock your pantry with all your favorites and fill your fridge with the freshest produce, meat, seafood, and more. Plus, we're here to make meals easy. Enjoy our delicious variety of sushi, sides, salads, and freshly prepared entrees. Order today at Wegmans.com or in the Wegmans app and we'll deliver right to your door. Wegmans Delivery, one more way we give you our best every day. Income matters, and it can come from many sources. We at Money Matters like dividend-paying stocks. We prefer high-quality dividend-paying stocks, not for everything in your investment portfolio and not all of the time. Still, if you're seeking income after retirement, look for companies with a history of raising their dividends on a regular basis. Give me a call, Gary Goldberg, at 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. Talk to me about investing in high-quality, dividend-paying stocks and how to integrate them into your portfolio. Quality dividend-paying stocks can bring you income during retirement, even in years of a rough market landscape or a period of slow economic growth. Again, give me a call at 845-368-0010 for a conversation about dividend-paying stocks or to set up a no-charge, no-obligation consultation with me personally. I have been providing real money management for real people for over four decades. 845-368-0010. 
Technology. Everybody is talking about technology, and boy, has technology evolved since the time I entered this industry. When I started, the biggest technology company was IBM. Where is it now? There are many companies that have fallen by the wayside, but technology, whether you like it or not, you are an investor in technology stocks. You probably have some strong feelings about technology stocks. You either love them because they provide you with a lot of growth, and at the same time, you may fear them because these technology stocks have very high valuations usually. They sell at multiples that are very high in relation to their earnings. So people remember the bull market and the internet boom of the 90s and then the collapse that occurred, that massive bear market for the technology sector. Let me tell you something. This is an environment where everybody basically owns technology stocks. You may not know it, but what company do you know that is not involved in technology? If you are investing in a real estate company, let's call Zillow a, a real estate company. They are an information company, are they not? If you have invested in a biotech, a healthcare company, are you investing, of course, in a company that uses technology? Of course. There are countless examples of company that fall outside of the official technology realm, but you're still involved in technology. If you're investing in a company, just know that technology permeates the working of those companies. Retailers, even the brick and mortar companies, they are involved because they use technology in order to manage their customer relationships. They handle inventory, they advertise, they deal with logistics. They are, even though they're brick and mortar companies, they're involved in technology. Uh, so Warren Buffett, I remember he always said that he did not like technology companies years ago because he didn't understand them. He called them too difficult to understand. And throughout much of his career, he avoided technology stocks. Guess what? Apple, technology company, right? Apple now accounts for about 45% of Berkshire Hathaway. Amazing. Did he do a turnaround? He did a major turnaround. He also, by the way, took a position in another cloud data specialist called Snowflake. He bought it on its initial public offering. It's hard to envision Berkshire Hathaway uh, and their success without technology stocks playing a role. When I follow technology companies and my personal portfolio is almost exclusively involved in technology stocks. I mean, and I shared with you, my biggest personal holdings, that doesn't mean you should go out and buy them, are Amazon, NVIDIA, Advanced Micro Devices, Apple. Those are my four biggest holdings. Core is technology. I want growth. If I'm looking for dividends, I use another approach. I have and suggested to you the use of oil companies. Companies are using technology as a central part of their business models. We are all technology investors. What's important is whether every individual business you're investing in has a promising outlook and the opportunity for long-term growth, no matter what the industry is. 
That's what you are looking for. So it's better to see how a company uses their technology because they have it at their disposal. Are they using it as a good way to execute their business? Are they using it in a way for future growth? And uh, two things just about every investor would agree are essential elements of a long-term success for business is, are they using technology for their execution and for their future growth? And is it working? And I suggest that you don't fear the word technology. It permeates every single business. What we are uh, also interested in seeing and analyzing is what's going on with a company like General Electric. All of a sudden, Johnson & Johnson is splitting their stock into two separate companies. GE had this plan to break into three companies. And is this going to be a trend that we're going to see? I believe it will be. A little later in the program, I am going to discuss with you what is actually going on with this trend. Why are we going to see more breakups of companies? It does not affect you directly, but maybe if you see your particular company announces a breakup plan, maybe it means that you're going to get some better performance. I know as far as Johnson & Johnson, in the uh, announcement that they made, the stock went up very nicely, very quickly. They're splitting their consumer healthcare business away from its drug development. Why? Why are they doing that? Why is GE breaking into separate companies? And I think one of the important things on today's show is for me to at least give you an understanding so that if you see or hear that a company is splitting up, they're using a breakup plan Maybe there are some opportunities, and I will explain why we are optimistic uh, when we see that occur. Also, I'm going to give you some dividend stock names on today's program that I have not shared with you in the past. That does not mean you should go out and buy them. It means you can research them, you can talk to me about them, you can talk to your advisor about them. But if you're looking for income, which is very hard to find, you need to focus on quality companies, not just the dividend. But I am going to throw out a few names to you uh, when you are uh, in a position to write them down. You can do the research or someone else can help you do them. But I know I get a lot of calls from people who are saying, what are some of the good dividend stocks? One thing I don't want to do here on Money Matters is get a call from somebody who asks me an opinion on one particular stock. That's not what Money Matters is about. Use your broker for that or use the uh, research that you can get at TD Ameritrade or Schwab. I am not going to give you an opinion on one individual stock. That's not my job. I have an opinion, but uh, please call me about a second opinion on your overall approach. That is what I'm interested in helping you because I may be wrong on one individual stock, but I feel confident, uh, no guarantee, but on an overall basis. I can be helpful in giving you a second set of eyes. We'll be back in just a moment, 845-368-0010. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. You're listening to Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. What does it mean to stress test your portfolio? You might ask, why would I have to worry about stress testing my portfolio? The fact is, this is a sensible time to do so. A careful investor must be ready for potential downturns. 
a potentially rougher market climate and ripple effects from geopolitical events and policies set in Washington. Diversifying your investments is one way to increase the resilience of your portfolio. Minimizing overall risk, investment costs, and tax considerations are other important aspects of concern as well. Proper planning and regular evaluations of your portfolio will better prepare you to weather the next market storm. Is your portfolio stress-tested? Well, give me a call. Gary Goldberg, a no-charge, no-obligation consultation is available to you to stress-test your portfolio. I will walk you through the entire process. 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. Have you ever thirsted for or dreamt of becoming an entrepreneur, but you didn't quite know how to pursue that dream? Well, I can relate to you because I was that individual. Four decades ago, I started a company with $5,000 of my own savings, and I achieved real financial success. Well, I've decided to write a book for people who also want to pursue that dream, and I share my story along with how you can do it too. The title of the book is How Badly Do You Want It? And if the answer is badly, this book will help you to achieve the financial success that you aspire to reach for. There are testimonials from Steve Forbes, Suzanne Summers, Danny Wegman, and Joe Piscopo. And I encourage you to download How Badly Do You Want It, written by yours truly, Gary Goldberg. It is available on Amazon. And if you are interested in learning how to raise capital, how to convince people to invest in you, and how to attract clients and keep them for four decades, you want to pick up How Badly Do You Want It. All proceeds from the book go to the St. Jude's Children's Research Center. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I want to expand upon what I was saying before we went to the, the break. General Electric introduced a breakup plan. It was not a surprise. It had uh, been bandied about a bit. What caught me by surprise, quite frankly, was when Johnson & Johnson made their decision to break into a couple of companies. I concluded that it really is the kind of an environment where a lot of investment bankers are going to make a lot of money. Investment bankers make money by advising companies on this type of an approach, breaking your company up, spinning off divisions, and um, it also helps shareholders if you are recognizing the companies that are doing it for the right reasons and which spin-offs, which divisions that have been spun off have more upside. Everywhere you look in the market now, across a lot of sectors, there are a lot of companies that are under pressure from activists to split up the company. Carl Icahn is a legendary activist. He puts pressure on companies. He tries to get on the boards of companies. Now there are other individuals who I would dub as activists, but they are there to represent both themselves, I might add, in my opinion, as well as shareholders. General Electric, the legendary General Electric, became a failed conglomerate. And I know people who worked for General Electric for years. They had most of their money in General Electric. They uh, were guilty of inertia. They thought Mama GE would take care of them. Well, it failed. So, They decided to break up into three companies. By the way, another major company, Toshiba, said they would break up because activists are getting them uh, to react to the pressure they're putting on uh, them. Johnson & Johnson, I found to be very interesting. They're splitting their consumer healthcare business from its drug development company. There are other companies that are being pressured. Macy's, I have read, is being pressured in the retail sector. So 
you should pay attention to any news relating to this. So what is going on? There are reasons why these companies split up. There's always a division in these larger companies. And let's use Johnson & Johnson as an example. There's a division between the more mature businesses, the riskier drug biotech divisions, the medical device technology companies. They are unique risk factors. And when you spin off in Johnson & Johnson's case, you know, the Band-Aids and the talcum powder into one division and then the biotech and medical device area into another, I think that's a real positive. We have read about ongoing litigation against Johnson & Johnson. So here probably was their thought process. My guess, lawsuits over Johnson & Johnson's baby powder causing cancer claim has been weighing on the entire company. If you spin off the biotech and the COVID approach, you know, the COVID drug division into a different company, maybe it will perform better rather than the claims about Johnson & Johnson baby powder causing cancer. When you are in this kind of a situation doing an analysis, you look at the companies that were spun off, they tend to strongly perform after the completion of the separation from the former parent company. Why? Well, probably a new independent company has the ability to allocate to their own priorities and their own opportunities. They don't get encumbered by the parent company where you have to go to the big board of directors, you have to ask them for capital, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the decision-making is much more finite and they can allocate capital. It's quicker without the need to receive these approvals from additional levels of management of the parent corporation. And uh, I think that you will get outperformance relative to the big company if your company is going to find a spin-off occurring. The management performance incentive is also there because the executive teams at these spinoffs get compensation based upon their actual performance rather than have it tied to a company. That's the reason you're going to see, I believe, more and more of these spinoffs develop. You may not have even heard the term before, but we're now seeing them develop. I mentioned three companies. There are more that will be forthcoming. As I said, the investment banking firms make money at it. The executives potentially make more money. They don't have to have approval from the big company necessarily. There's still an umbilical relationship where if they uh, need advice or they need personnel, I would venture to say they would be able to get it. But I like when I see these spinoffs. And Johnson & Johnson, as soon as they announce the, uh, the fact that there was this breakup plan, the stock went up 3% immediately. So there you go. I hope that's helpful to you. When we return, I'm going to be visited by a wonderful guest who has been on Money Matters before, General Stanley McChrystal, a four-star general. He is now the founder of the McChrystal Group, but he was the former Joint Special Ops Commander. Uh, he also was the head of the International Security Alliance Force. He was the commander of U.S. forces in Afghanistan. Wow, what a guest. Four-star General Stanley McChrystal will be joining me in just a moment. Money Matters with Gary Goldberg.
Investment plans are not one size fits all. Your needs might be different from your neighbors and your friends. Are you looking to invest for long-term value? Do you need more income? What do you want to leave to your heirs? Cookie-cutter investment plans might suffice for some, but they don't work for everyone. Is your current financial strategy tailored to your needs? Call me, Gary Goldberg, at 845-368-0010. I will sit down with you, look at your state of finances and your investment needs, whether it be to prepare for retirement or if you are already enjoying your golden years and would like to make your money work better for you. We've been providing real money management for real people for over 40 years, weathering the ups and downs of the markets. Call me today for a free consultation about what kind of investment plan is best for you. 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. And thank you for listening to Money Matters. I am absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity to speak once again with four-star General Stanley McChrystal. You know his name. He's the former Joint Special Ops Commander. He is the former commander of the International Securities Assistance Force. He was the commander of the U.S. forces in Afghanistan before he retired as a four-star general. He's also the head of the McChrystal Group, and he is an author extraordinaire, in my opinion, General Stanley McChrystal, and you've asked me to call you Stan, so I'm going to do it. Welcome to Money Matters. Gary, thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I want to focus on the book that you wrote because I think it's very pertinent in this environment to identify risk because the name of your book, Risk, A User's Guide, is so important. People want to take risks for the most part, but they're not experienced at understand what real risk and apparent risk is. Can you break that down for us? Sure can. Uh, first, I would say that if people think about risk, they tend to think about external things. Some years ago, they did a survey of a number of CEOs of companies, and they asked them to, to list their biggest risk to their companies, and they listed external factors that they didn't control. And then when they looked at companies that actually had big problems, they found that most suffered from internal problems. And so what I would say is there are apparent risks, a meteor, zombie apocalypse, financial crisis, natural disaster, COVID-19, and those are external and apparent risks, and, and they aren't unreal. But the biggest real risk is our own weakness in dealing with threats that arise. Sure, how we, so react, how we react to them. That, that's exactly right, Gary. In the current environment, and I've been helping people manage their money, stand for four decades. I am looking at potholes in the road right now that are enormous. We have international risk. We have political risk. We have economic risk. We have domestic risk. We have risks of COVID, supply chain issues. Is this a period of time that there are real risks versus apparent risks in your estimation? Gary, it is. And I again, I want to make sure everybody understands I'm not a money expert. But in the world right now, the biggest risk right now, I would say, is us. And in the United States, it's our own political uh, inability to get things done. And you say, well, that's just a bit of partisanship raising its ugly head. Well, it's really more than that. We are suffering from the inability to do basic things well. And if you go into any organization, if you can't do basics like communicate, set a clear narrative, 
take action when required, adapt when necessary, then every threat suddenly becomes an existential threat because you just don't have the resilience or defenses in place needed. And I think that's what the world looks like to the United States right now. Is there a tendency because people don't have the experience with dealing with risk for people to take the plunge and prematurely do a U-turn and divest themselves themselves of, of the path they chose to take where they were willing to take a risk and all of a sudden they run into a roadblock and gosh, I made a mistake. I'm going to go back to my old ways. Is there a tendency to do that in human nature? Very much so. And in many cases you'll have, I saw military commanders would make a decision and they would start to implement a plan and there would be a hiccup in the plan as there always is. And they would get spooked and they would drop back and they say, ah, the plan must've been wrong. No plan should take into account that there are going to be challenges to them. There's going to be friction. So I think you should do two things. First is you should constantly evaluate the validity of your plan. Make sure that the assumptions you based it on are still valid. But then the second part is build in enough flexibility or resiliency so you can adapt to those and keep moving in the direction. When I see people who are successful militarily or financially, they've got a pretty good idea where they want to go, but they don't go in a straight line from A to B. They go around obstacles. They go over them, under them. They, they take into account that that's the way life is. Unfortunately, at least from my perspective, schools do not teach people how to deal with real risk, whether it's real or apparent risk. They teach them wonderful things to prepare them for uh, getting a job or, well, I'm not even sure they teach them very well as to how to get a job. But uh, I want to address in your book, you offer the reader 10 dimensions of control that are adjustable at any t given time. Can you share some of those, not all 10 because of time limitations, but what would you like people to take away from your book, Risk a User's Guide? Absolutely. The analogy we drew is to the human immune system, which detects threats, assesses them, responds to and learns from it. And it's this miracle system our body has. And it's good because we ingest, it's an estimated 10,000 microorganisms a day that if that system didn't work, would make us sick or kill us. Organizations have the same equivalent and individuals do as well. And we call it a risk immune system. You mentioned the 10 control factors. For example, for example, bias is one. And you say, I'm not biased. We all are biased. We all for certain things have fog on the lenses of our glasses and we need to appreciate that reality. Diversity, we need to get a spectrum of perspectives involved in dealing with every case. Otherwise, you're like the blind man and the elephant. You know, if you've got, you're only looking from one uh, perspective, you're going to see one thing. You've got to get a breadth of those. So diversity is wider than gender or sexual orientation. It's actually perspectives. And then there's leadership. You've got to have something that ties together these factors because you're never going to be perfect in these things. What you're going to do is you're going to build essentially a team or a system of these factors, constantly dialing them up and down, but giving yourself the ability to roll with the punches of life, because you, that's what's going to happen. You know, when I was growing up, my parents, of course, were like most parents. They didn't want me to get hurt. I remember uh, the, my mother or father or both at the same time, Gary, don't run, you'll fall, you'll get hurt. And, and so many of us grew up with that axiom. And I had to overcome that when I became an entrepreneur and had to take risks. And yes, 
you do run, you do fall, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off. That's the message that people should pass on to their kids. Nobody wants their kid to get bloodied and beaten. But you know what? If it's not a permanent injury, maybe it's worthwhile. I needed to get my rear end kicked a few times, and I did. I, <laughs> I would describe when you talked about real and apparent risk, for example, in Afghanistan, there were rules from well-meaning American leadership that said every soldier had to wear all their body armor to protect themselves if they left an installation. Well, on the surface, that makes sense. You are going to control that risk, but you can't walk up to 12,000 feet in mountains wearing heavy body armor and still be able to fight. So if the real risk is failing in the mission, it's losing, often we've got to understand we accept a number of smaller risks that are not going to be fatal because the real risk is us not getting to the objective that we need to. I think that's wonderful advice. And uh, as a financial advisor, General Stanley McChrystal, I tend to help people manage their risk uh, and their uh, objective is to make money, get income and do all of the things that are required to live a decent life for the rest of their lives. Um, how would you overlay your book, Risk, a User's Guide, to the average person who's trying to make investment decisions in their life? And I'm not holding you to account for any investment decisions, but I think the core runs through investment decisions as well as life decisions. What advice would you give to people? Yeah, Gary, I think I'm going to be aligned with what you've been doing so well for so long. The first thing is understand that you have to accept overall risks to get anywhere. Otherwise, you can take your money, put it in the mattress and, and suffer the consequences. So you're going to have to have a certain level of risk. At the same time, what you want to do is through diversification, you want to spread your risk so that you have the ability to take the inevitable unintended threats that catch you uh, unaware and cost you in certain areas, because overall, you're still going to be in good enough shape. This is the idea of the, the risk immune system. You're never going to be perfect at all the factors, but if you're strong enough, you're going to be resilient. And so the idea is to, to give yourself a balanced, almost a boxer stance that keeps you moving forward. So you can't be, you can't be static. You got to push forward. You have to accept some limited risk, but you have to keep a constant appreciation that you've got to be diverse enough that nothing will be fatal to you. One thing we all learn in life is at some point you're going to get a punch in the nose. In your case, having witnessed what was going on in Afghanistan, it was a lot more severe than a punch in the nose. But the lessons can be learned. And you know what? I am going to give my son-in-law, who just stepped out of the comfort zone of a career to become an entrepreneur, I am going to give him a book. And you know what the name of the book is going to be? Risk, a user's guide, because I think it's so appropriate to what he is experiencing. General Stanley McChrystal, this has been absolutely phenomenal. You're one of my more esteemed guests here on Money Matters over the 35 or seven years that the show has been broadcast. And I hope they get you back on again. This has been wonderful. Well, Gary, I, I'm appreciative of the opportunity, and thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. General Stanley McChrystal, the McChrystal Group. You can Google it, find out what they do, and then get the book, Risk, a User's Guide. Stan, once again, thank you. Thanks so much, Gary. The key to that interview, in my opinion, was discerning between real risk and apparent risk. You don't want to put everything on the line, do you? But you don't want to be dissuaded by what you perceive to be risk. Some risks will never happen. Those are apparent risks. 
Don't run in fear of them. Real risks, identify them. When it comes to your portfolio, are you putting too much money in Bitcoin? Are you putting too much money in electric vehicles without understanding it? Make a determination as to what good diversification is. Remember what I said earlier in the program about everything is technology oriented. Then make your decisions along with a qualified advisor. You're invited to give me a call for a second opinion, 845-368-0010. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. Prefer staying at home? Let us do the shopping. Wegmans Delivery, powered by Instacart, lets you stock your pantry with all your favorites and fill your fridge with the freshest produce, meat, seafood, and more. Plus, we're here to make meals easy. Enjoy our delicious variety of sushi, sides, salads, and freshly prepared entrees. Order today at Wegmans.com or in the Wegmans app and we'll deliver right to your door. Wegmans Delivery, one more way we give you our best every day. Income matters, and it can come from many sources. We at Money Matters like dividend-paying stocks. We prefer high-quality dividend-paying stocks, not for everything in your investment portfolio and not all of the time. Still, if you're seeking income after retirement, look for companies with a history of raising their dividends on a regular basis. Give me a call, Gary Goldberg, at 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. Talk to me about investing in high-quality, dividend-paying stocks and how to integrate them into your portfolio. Quality dividend-paying stocks can bring you income during retirement, even in years of a rough market landscape or a period of slow economic growth. Again, give me a call at 845-368-0010 for a conversation about dividend-paying stocks or to set up a no-charge, no-obligation consultation with me personally. I have been providing real money management for real people for over four decades. 845-368-0010. Earlier in the program, I mentioned that I was going to give you some names of some dividend-paying stocks that I am researching. I do not own them except for one. Don't make your investment decisions based upon the names I'm giving you. You and your advisor can do some research. I can help you with that if you call me at 845-368-0010. But when I do get phone calls, what I am hearing from the listeners is they are trying to increase their income. And I understand why, but you don't want to just gravitate toward junky investments because they have a very high dividend. It's very attractive to jump into something that pays a large dividend, but you may not understand why that dividend is so high. So I've done some research. Again, do not buy these because you hear them on Money Matters. I have to be very careful about advising the public at large, and I am not advising you except telling you to do some research. But one company that I've recently been looking at, it's an exchange-traded fund, an ETF, and the symbol is SDIV, Sam David Ida Victor. It's a Global X super dividend ETF, Sam David Ida Victor. It's paying about 8%. It tracks a number of different securities with high yields. So as an ETF, it's like a mutual fund, 
but it's an ETF, and they put together a portfolio where they weigh about 100 different securities with high yield. So they are spreading the risk for you, and it is paying about 8%. It is seeking dividends, and they select with this universe of companies from stock exchanges, emerging markets, which have higher risk. And then they look for the 100 highest yielding stocks. They are liquid. They are an ETF that gives you diversification by the very nature of what they do. Now, the dividend can come down. They do remove companies that are underperforming. They do it for you, and they replace it with a few others. They try to track 100 different individual high-yielding stocks. And I am curious about how they are doing. I do not own it yet. Sam David Ida Victor is the symbol. You can do some research. There is also a company that I am researching, which is Kinder Morgan. That's a well-known company. The symbol is KMI, K Mary Ida. It is in the energy sector, and it's an S&P 500 component. They pay out big dividends, and uh, if you want to participate in the energy sector, it is yielding about 6%, and the stock has gone up, as you would expect, in the energy sector. It's gone up about 30 35% or so this year, aside from that very generous dividend. Another company that I have owned in the past, in the past, I don't own it any longer, is CenturyLink. They changed their name. It's now called Lumen Technologies. The symbol is L-U Mary Nancy, L-U-M-N. It's a telecom stock. It's paying about 8%. The problem with it is it's a small company in a very large industry. So they're fighting for more room. They are worth looking at. I would not put a lot into it, but on the other hand, they've done their best to expand and stay relevant. They've been buying some other companies, but they're still very much on the outside of the big telecom stocks. So there's another stock for you to explore. One stock I do own is Verizon. I like Verizon for its income. When I see a company of that quality and it's still paying a very good dividend, it's paying, um, I guess, a little over 4%. Remember, the S&P is paying a little over 1%, but they just raise their dividend again. And it's a certainly a more uh, conservative, not a conservative, but more conservative stock that you can use to blend with some of these other companies I have given to you. So when I have put together portfolios for individuals who are looking for income, I blend it. I don't put a lot of money in one particular dividend stock. But if I can get somebody 5 or 6% with some stocks paying 4%, some paying 8 or even 9 and I blend them and I understand as best I can the risks from doing my analysis, my homework, well, then I have accomplished something for those who are looking for income. You cannot safely put money into bonds as you could years ago because when interest rates go up, bonds tend to come down and you want total return as well. So when you hear that uh, a company uh, like uh, Kinder Morgan has gone up 35% and is still paying a dividend of about 6%, that's a pretty good investment and it may not be too late to get into it. So again, do your exploration, but the highest quality one that I mentioned to you, in my opinion, is Verizon, which pays about 
uh, a four and three quarters percent dividend. There are some other companies that I am looking at and I will save those for a future show, but I have put together a portfolio that includes some um, tobacco companies. Last week, I did mention Altera. It's paying about 8%. Uh, if you blend these together, you will have a portfolio that can give you income. When you hear these kinds of rates of return, remember, these are the farthest thing, furthest thing away from CDs. CDs pay nothing. Treasuries pay nothing. These are paying a lot. The S&P is paying about one and a half. So when you hear me talk about six to eight or 9% returns, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware, but do your research and have your advisor help you, or I can help you with the research. 845-368-0010. You're listening to Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. You're listening to Money Matters with Gary Goldberg. What does it mean to stress test your portfolio? You might ask, why would I have to worry about stress testing my portfolio? The fact is, this is a sensible time to do so. A careful investor must be ready for potential downturns, a potentially rougher market climate, and ripple effects from geopolitical events and policies set in Washington. Diversifying your investments is one way to increase the resilience of your portfolio. Minimizing overall risk, investment costs, and tax considerations are other important aspects of concern as well. Proper planning and regular evaluations of your portfolio will better prepare you to weather the next market storm. Is your portfolio stress-tested? Well, give me a call. Gary Goldberg, a no-charge, no-obligation consultation is available to you to stress-test your portfolio. I will walk you through the entire process. 845-368-0010. That's 845-368-0010. Have you ever thirsted for or dreamt of becoming an entrepreneur, but you didn't quite know how to pursue that dream? Well, I can relate to you because I was that individual. Four decades ago, I started a company with $5,000 of my own savings, and I achieved real financial success. Well, I've decided to write a book for people who also want to pursue that dream, and I share my story along with how you can do it too. The title of the book is How Badly Do You Want It? And if the answer is badly, this book will help you to achieve the financial success that you aspire to reach for. There are testimonials from Steve Forbes, Suzanne Summers, Danny Wegman, and Joe Piscopo. And I encourage you to download How Badly Do You Want It? written by yours truly, Gary Goldberg. It is available on Amazon. And if you are interested in learning how to raise capital, how to convince people to invest in you, and how to attract clients and keep them for four decades, you want to pick up How Badly Do You Want It? All proceeds from the book go to the St. Jude's Children's Research Center. We're at the end of the program, and I must say that I thoroughly enjoyed my interview with General Stanley McChrystal. How often do you get to talk to a four-star general, a person who led the forces of the United States in Afghanistan before he retired, who is a very, very smart man? And when I talk about real risk and apparent risk with General Stanley McChrystal, it gives me an opportunity to share with you, my audience, And that is the key reason I do Money Matters, to explain to you what I personally consider the real risks that are out there. What are they? They're the international risks. They're the political risk. My God, what has happened to politics? The economic risks, the supply chain risks, 
what are we talking about when it comes to the average amateur investor making decisions on their own without having all of the ammunition because you were not trained to deal with all of these, as I call, potholes in the road. This is the time to ally yourself with a sound financial advisor with a lot of experience. Don't just get the new kid on the block. What have they done to garner experience during periods of time that have only been a 10 or 11 year bull market? Ally yourself with experience, with somebody who really listens to you, who has your interests at heart and who can be there for you and your family. Because this is a potentially difficult period. It's a lot of fun when it goes up, but we have reached the point where we have to address all the risks that exist. Thank you so much for being with me. This has been Gary Goldberg on Money Matters. Make it a great day. Securities offered through Newbridge Securities Corporation, member FINRA, SIPC, and investment advisory services offered through Newbridge Financial Services Group Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Office of Supervisory Jurisdiction, 1200 North Federal Highway, Suite 400, Boca Raton, Florida, 33432, toll free number 877-447-9625. This is not an offer to purchase or sell a security. Such offers can only be made after a thorough review of offering materials and a sustainability review by a qualified professional. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or to predict future performance. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. This information is designed to provide general information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid tax penalties or to promote market or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. Please note that Gary Goldberg, Newbridge Securities Corp. and Newbridge Financial Services Group Incorporated and their affiliates do not give legal or tax advice. You are encouraged to consult your tax advisor or attorney. Prefer staying at home? Let us do the shopping. Wegmans Delivery, powered by Instacart, lets you stock your pantry with all your favorites and fill your fridge with the freshest produce, meat, seafood, and more. Plus, we're here to make meals easy. Enjoy our delicious variety of sushi, sides, salads, and freshly prepared entrees. Order today at Wegmans.com or in the Wegmans app and we'll deliver right to your door. Wegmans Delivery, one more way we give you our best every day. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.